Today on Against the Grain, I will rant and rave about Andy Dalton, and you'll find out more about Ben DiNucci. The nooch is loose. We are cutting against the grain. Against the grain. Against the grain. Against the grain. Now your host for Against the Grain. Here's Andrew Perloff. Welcome to Against the Grain. I'm your host, Andrew Perloff. Here, as always, with Mario Miranda and Marvin Prince, the producer team extraordinaire. Uh, I wanted both guys in today because we have a very important subject to tackle here. I kind of uh, lost my mind on Twitter this weekend. You did. I yeah. saw that. Before we get to that, also, we have a really great young writer, Brandon Howard, for The Athletic. He's a scout. He covered the Dolphins knows everything about Tua, and also has scouted Ben DiNucci, who could be the new quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. And we want to learn a little bit about Ben DiNucci. So, speaking of the Cowboys, Sunday afternoon, sitting there, watching my guy, the Red Rifle, Andy Dalton, in a horrible game, Cowboys, Redskins. I'm sorry, Washington football team. Mm -hmm. And they can't block anybody. It's crazy. It's a depressing game. Andy Dalton takes off on a pretty good run, but he's sure the first down slides. It is obvious that he is sliding. There's, it wasn't like, oh, I don't know if he's like, John Bostic of the Washington football team flies out of nowhere, helmet to helmet, and Andy's out cold. It is one of the most egregious hits because if you even touch a sliding quarterback, it's a flag. Let alone go headhunting on a sliding quarterback who obviously isn't even thinking about it. One of the worst hits. And, you know, it's got a lot of attention that nobody really stood up for him. So I got pretty profane on Twitter. You should see the tweet I erased. I saw it. No, you should see the tweet I didn't send. Oh. Yes. You wanna, I called out wanna, everybody in the Washington football franchise. I called out everyone in the Dallas football franchise. I called out the Dallas media. Jeez. I, I've, well, it was unbelievable. So You want to give us a little summary of what you said? Yeah, well, basically, the announcers, if you watch a the game, they're like, well, that that's just not the kind of hit you want to see. But they didn't dwell on it at all. They didn't dwell on the fact that the offensive linemen just stood around you know, and then the receivers just sat around probably texting their account and saying, what do I do with all this money you've paid me? There is not a more heartless team in all of pro sports than the Dallas Cowboys. I don't care if Andy's only been there for one season. You obviously, that is the one hit where it's a guaranteed fight. You have nothing to lose to fight anyway. You have to fight. Mm -hmm. Not just one guy. Everybody has to go after Washington. And by the way, Washington's going to get karma on that hit. You just watch. You just don't do something that dirty and get away with it. They're going to, you know, it's Washington. They'll find the banana peel. But it was ridiculous. It sickened me that he didn't get it suspended. Vontae's perfect would have gotten suspended for a season for that. Even Vontae's perfect, as bad as he did, he never had a sliding quarterback. So it was just ridiculous. So how do you guys think I did as far as, like, restraining myself? I deleted a, a profanity-laced tweet. Was that a mistake? I don't think you should have deleted it. Okay, why? Because you felt very strongly about it. Everybody on Twitter, everybody in the media knows that Andy Dalton's your guy. Yeah. And having that tweet out there, I think, double downs, doubles down on that. And taking it back, it's a bit of a retraction. Like, is he your guy? Like, you, Oh. Like, do I don't do you agree with that, Marvin? Yeah, absolutely. You got <laughs> You got to show your full-on love through thick and thin. Like, you're Andy Dalton's ride or die. It's his wife, then it's you. So <laughs> you should have gone for it. DP would have understood. If Andy would have seen that tweet, like, who knows? Who knows what would have been happening? Could have been his agent. The the, <laughs> the opportunities would have been endless. But now that tweet is basically non-existent. Well, listen, 
<laughs> the way the season's been going, Andy is not turning away supporters at this point. It, it was, I don't know if you guys watched the game. There was some guy on Washington I've never heard of, 55, which is basically it was Hike. He would just run down the middle right at Andy. Andy would go back at his drop and just turn his back and start running towards the opposite end zone. It was terrible. I don't know like what, what happened to Dallas. Why are those guys? I know it's backup linemen, and that's terrible. Why can everybody, the the most unknown running backs in the history of the NFL, are torching them for 100 yards? Antonio Gibson, Kenyon Drake, who is a little bit known, he had like mm-hmm. a career day. Some guy named Ernest Johnson had 100 yards on them. It's crazy. Uh, like, who? what is going on with that team? You explain. Give, I'm, I'm, I'm done talking about it. I'm going to start cursing. I got nothing for you. Yeah. I don't. They have no line. Oh, no offensive line. They have all the, their defensive guys there. I don't understand why they can't, you know, that's such a... Uh, Not all the guys. They're missing most some guys. Most of them. The, I mean, just having um, Demarcus Lawrence and having Jalen Smith, those guys that, you know, Jerry's built around, you should be able to stop their run. I mean, like you said, there's a bunch of no-names coming out. Like Dearness Johnson. Yeah. Dearness Johnson. You know, I think he went for 95. He's a Browns running back. Yeah, everybody is doing this. You know what my worst fear in the world is? What? Okay, they play the Eagles, my hometown team. Mm-hmm. What if Ben DiNucci gets a start and leads them to a win? Now, how would that reflect on Andrew Perloff? Not well. Because it's going to say, well, Andy Dalton was holding them back. But the problem is the Eagles are so crazy injured that you do not know what they're going to do on a week-to-week basis. Mario, you have a lot of friends who are Eagles fans. Is yeah. there any reason to have faith in that team? No. And you know, I'm I honestly have become one of the biggest Carson Wentz supporters of lately. Um, just given what he's done with that team that is absolutely decimated with injuries. Yeah. Oh, he's, and I still don't have confidence in him or in them against the Cowboys. Yeah, no, there's no reason to. I like Carson, by the way, is completely heroic these days. It's crazy. I don't understand like how anybody can say that he sucks or he's an awful quarterback. Yeah. Like the guy, look what he's being given. Who, yeah, yeah. Who's Driscoll? Like, I saw somebody named Driscoll on the Eagles line the other day. Yeah, no, I, I don't know. They have a rugby like, player yeah. as, as a running as a lineman. That's like a lot of lines right now, though. The Dallas Cowboys. Uh, you go down, there's so many injured teams. The Niners are still putting out uh, weird guys. But, you know, the Cowboys get Zach Martin back, and he's really tough. They get uh, Awuzier, the cornerback, back. He's really good. So we'll see. It's kind of a scarier game than I would like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, What's up, Mario? I think you double down this weekend, and if the Cowboys lose, you say something. You go on another profanity-laced uh, Twitter brigade, and you defend your guy Dalton. This is why the Cowboys need Dalton. This is, uh, you know, this wouldn't happen under Dalton. I think you yeah. double down this weekend. Well, actually, I mean, I hope he's healthy and gets to go. I haven't really read a lot. It's right now. It's Wednesday afternoon. Mm-hmm. There hasn't been a ton reported on how he's doing in the protocol. No. Uh, I think he's okay. So it's reported that it's his first concussion. So I hope the best, and I hope it doesn't linger. Uh, okay, change the subject real quick. I think the Jets is a good spot for Trevor Lawrence. I'm going against the grain, the name of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Le- Marvin, just stop. Whatever your, that look is, just get it off your face. Get it. Let me tell you right now why. That's not a look. That's a head all the way back. Yeah, like, like I didn't even know you. Eyes. I didn't even know someone as old as you could bend back that far. Are you okay? Only when you're talking about the J-E-T-S, go Jets. Terrible, <laughs> terrible. They will ruin him. They will ru- they will ruin Trevor Lawrence. I just already feel bad. Now, I think it's got to be a complete overhaul of the entire organization. You know what? Let me stop because I don't want to go off 
and go on a Perloff-esque rant about the Jets. All I don't even like the Jets. All the Jets need is um, some sort of leadership. Joe Douglas, by all accounts, I like him. Joe Douglas is the man. He I is, like Joe Douglas. He, he's going to get the right Super Bowl. He's going to get the right uh, coach in yeah. there. And Trevor Lawrence is going to be fine. Marvin? But you know what? You said it. You said it early off air. Eric Bieniemy. Yeah, they're. they're I gonna... like Eric. Like, look, if you can do something with the talent that he has, and then throw some receivers in there, just some like good, fast guys, and a solid running game, man, I think they'd be in much better shape. And you could just point them in the right direction. I think the Jets won like six or seven games last year. Yep. So it's not like it's very far fetched for them to go from you know, this possible 0-16 or 1-15 season to, like, in the NFC East, it's for the take, excuse me, AFC East, both East, are for the taking. It's easy to confuse them with the Giants. Right, right. right. Like, look, they can win the NFC East. (laughs) Yeah. Also, you know, if they got the right right pieces around them. I think Trevor Lawrence, Eric Bieniemy. You know, because Dobbs yeah. not leaving the dynasty that is Clemson. So I got yeah. a, a, an against the greenish take here. Yeah, is Eric Bieniemy all the hype? I mean, look yeah. at the tools that he has. I mean, he has Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Like these are all. Do you, under- do you understand stars. systems? Those guys are stars because they are in the Andy Reid system. Andy Reid creates these offenses that are amazing, and Eric Bieniemy has been his right hand man, and he's learned it. And he's ready to go. I think he's going to be great. He's going to bring right. that system, and he's going to make a bunch of guys like Denzel Mims and weirdos that we don't even know in the Jets <laughs> system the next guy. I mean, he doesn't have Tyree Kill. That's a little hard to replace, but yeah, yeah Marvin. You know, to Mario's point, could he end up being a Charlie Weiss where it's yeah. – all right, Josh it's, McDaniel it's, didn't work out in Yeah, but Andy Reid's, Andy Reid's coaching tree is good. You know, he's got – obviously – you got Frank Reich is good in Indy. Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl in actually was Reich with Andy. Anyway, Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl. Uh, Matt Nagy had one good year with the Bears. Mm. Now they're against him, but uh, I, I think Andy Reid has some success on his coaching tree. Uh, Sean McDermott, who's awesome, was with Andy. Is an Andy Reid guy. Todd Bowles was in and out of Andy Reid's system. Like he, he does really well. He he lets his assistants do a lot. So I think he's going to be good. I don't know that he chooses the Jets. But one more fact about the Jets: they're fifty eight point six million. Sorry, $56.6 million under the cap next year projected. That's pretty big. Cap might change because of COVID. Who knows? Let me tell you some free agent wide receivers. And it's another sick wide receiver draft. But some of these guys are going to be available. Tell me if any of these names interest you. Uh, Kenny Galladay, Detroit Lions. I like him. Like him. He's amazing. Cooper Cup. I think he's still... By the way, this is an old list from August. Hopefully these guys are still free agents to be. <laughs> Cooper Cup's amazing. Come on, give me some love here. Chris Godwin? I like Chris Godwin I like a lot. Chris Godwin a lot. Yeah. Keenan Allen? Dude, try and cover Keenan Allen. Love Keenan Allen. I think he's the most underappreciated great receiver in the league. And I don't know what's going to happen with this guy, but it's been a weird year in Chicago. But Allen Robinson, how good would that be? Yeah. So I like that too. bring in a free agent wide receiver, find a tight end. You know, there are, Mikai Becton looks awesome if he can stay healthy. It looks like Joe Douglas in his first draft. Remember, this was his first draft. Yeah. He came in after the draft the year he was hired. He was cleaning up for Mike McCagnan. He was cleaning up from that guy, uh, Idzik. You know, he was cleaning up for a lot of things. Yeah. Think about Joe Douglas's past, too. I mean, he was with Ozzie Newsom for years in Baltimore. And then he was in, with the Eagles. So maybe that's a connection to be enemy through Reed. So I, I think it's like kind of set up for a turnaround. I think we, by the way, 
We, we're going to be a Jets podcast. Okay. We are, we're a pro Jets 2021 podcast. I like that. I can get behind that. Or actually just pro whatever team Trevor Lawrence goes to. Uh, I think we just stick with the Jets. No, no, no. You had it right. Yeah. We're pro Trevor Lawrence. We, sorry. Sorry, yeah. Jets. Damn. All right. If you had a choice, you're Eric Bieniemy, and you could go to the Texans with Deshaun Watson, who's great. But there are a lot of there are a lot of problems. They've traded a lot of picks away. Or the Jets. Which team would you pick? Uh, the Jets. Assuming they get number one. Yes. Uh, or two with Fields. Yeah, I would. I would go with the Jets because they have more of like a blank slate that you can kind of mold to what you want it to be. What about? All right, I'll throw in Atlanta since you guys are both nodding your head for the Jets. I'll give you Atlanta, the Jets, or the Texans. Well, I mean, depending on where Atlanta lands in the draft, because they're going to need a QB eventually. They have great receivers. I mean, yeah, Rid- Calvin Ridley. Ridley. Dude, Calvin Ridley's got a jetpack. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Who knows if jo- Julio Jones will be there? Um, yeah. That kid, Russell Gage. He's awesome, too. He's fun. Yeah, Barbara. Man, so never mind the Jets. Eric Bieniemy and Trevor Lawrence in Atlanta. Yeah, Atlanta's too good. They're I, not going to get I know. Get Jets. Jets. And by the way, win some games. You could trade up. Like you traded, like the Rams trade up for Jared Goff. Uh, there's all sorts of trades. No one's trading up for Trevor Lawrence. They're gonna. There's no franchise that's going to say, unless Justin Fields turns out to be that good, that he's equivalent. Yeah. I think this is, why would you trade that pick? No, you can't. Yeah, Sam Darnold, forget it. Sam Darnold, they might move on from him anyway because they're going to have to pay him at some point. Yeah. Doesn't look like it's happening. I, I like Sam Darnold, but. Again, Jets just start new. They got a blank slate. They have all this money to mess around with. I mean, in the past, they have not done good things with their cap. Yeah. Um, you know, example, yeah, no, Le'Veon Bell. But, I mean, you kind of got to have hope that this okay. is the year maybe they turn it around. I'll give you one more team that I think should at least think about sort of tanking for Trevor. It might be too late, but they are trading a lot of guys away right now. How about the Dallas Cowboys? Cowboys. You know, they uh, they obviously got rid of Everson Griffin. They were reportedly at this time shopping down Terry Poe, uh, other players. So Dallas... I'm still confused by the fact that everyone thinks they're going to at least franchise tag Dak Prescott next year. And obviously, Dak, you're showing, seeing how important he is. Mm-hmm. $40 million, that'd be the second highest quarterback salary ever for one year for a guy coming off a devastating injury. That seems kind of risky to me. Yeah, it seems like a lot. But, I mean, it's only one year. Yeah. I, but do we know he's going to be the same quarterback? I hope so. I don't. You might go all in on Dak, but listen, uh, we talked about it on the show. They might be underdogs every week moving forward. The way their defense is playing, they look like a potential get in the mix. I think they get better. These guys are coming back. Watch out for Randy Gregory. He's supposed to be blowing up practice. They're they're going to get better. This season is weird. Teams that teams are going to it's going to be cyclical. Yeah, Marvin. And that's the crazy thing. We just talked about you know both East, the AFC and the NFC. They're not out of it. It's not like they're in the if they if they if they were in the NFC West. Okay, you can forget about it. Just worry about twenty twenty one. But like, who's leading the NFC East? Yeah, no, I don't. Right, I don't know. so right, Eagles are old. Still. Right, like they haven't really had. Like, a, look, the football team. Yeah. I haven't watched the Washington football team since Steve Spurrier yeah. was the head coach there, and Danny Warfel was going off in preseason games. Yeah, so they have a good D line, by the way. Montez Sweat looks awesome. They have yeah, a lot of guys. Chase, Chase, Young. Chase yeah, is Chase a Young monster. Is or is uh, it Han? Oh yeah, uh, Yeah, he have one of those Bama guys. No, but you know there was uh, Jonathan Allen. They were mm-hmm. supposed to be good last year. Yeah. Uh, now they really are starting to show up this year. But and we love Ron Rivera. Still, they kind of mismanaged the whole Dwayne Haskins thing. I don't know what happened there. That was not a good. So they're yeah. they're no man's land too, and they're going to be too good to get a quarterback. So we'll see what happens with them. 
But let's talk to a guy who has actually scouted Ben DiNucci. I was going through trying to find out anything about him. Uh, and I've been hearing a lot about this guy. His name is Brandon Howard. He's a writer for The Athletic. He's down in Miami, covered the Dolphins in the past, does some scouting of these small school guys. No one knows anything about Ben DiNucci out of James Madison. Hopefully, Brandon can give us a little insight here. And I can't wait. Talking to a tongue of Iloa. Here's Brandon Howard. All right, Brandon, let's jump right in. Who the heck is Ben DiNucci? And why should I know this name? Assuming, you know, as of now, it looks like he might start uh, for the Cowboys this weekend. Is he a guy we should be excited for, that the Eagles should be nervous about? Give me a give me the thumbnail on Ben DiNucci. Um, yeah, good good question. I, I really think that, uh, you know, right now may be a little too early in his development to to really think that, you know, he's going to go in there and make, you know, any type of impact or, uh, you know, have an impact on what's going on with the Dallas Cowboys right now. Um, what I see in his game and, and, you know, watching him and observing him, he's just, uh, you know, he, he's really good with, with the quick game, very decisive in that aspect. But uh, he's a guy that doesn't particularly feel pressure, you know, that well uh, in the pocket. So that could cause some problems for him. Uh, moving along here, but if he is able to, you know, evade and escape the pocket or buy some time, you know, in the pocket, um, you know, he's a guy that's elusive in the open field. You know, he's got a little bit more athleticism than given credit for. He's not a guy that's going to get out there and give you Dak Prescott athleticism, but you know, he's he's got enough uh, to to make guys miss in the open and get you some cheap yards and potentially keep your offense on schedule. Um, but you know, I, I really don't think at this point in time. Uh, he's a guy that could come in there and kind of rescue your fran- your franchise or rescue your season. Um, the, the the Cowboys are definitely going to be looking for a, uh, a a number two, probably another number two uh, in the offseason. So uh, not being able to really handle pressure, that seems like a problem with the current offensive line of the Cowboys. Uh, right. So full disclosure, I'm the founding member and president and only member of the Andy Dalton fan club. And even before the injury, <laughs> I was uh, tweeting out screenshots of just the the break toward him. Like, off a, defensive linemen were just were not getting blocked. If they were, the guys were only holding for a second. What you've right. seen a, a Andy filling in for Dak Prescott, was that on Dalton, or was it just a matter of he's kind of the wrong style of quarterback for what Dallas is offensive right now? Uh, yeah, for, for what they, they do, um, you know, it's just not the right situation for a guy like Andy Dalton um, and just the NFL in general. Um, it, it's getting to a place where defense alignment are, are just, they're too good, right? Um, you're going to need a guy who can, who can avoid pressure, can, can make someone miss and then create um, because nothing's going to be steamed up or blocked up perfectly. Yes, there are some holes along that offensive line, but that's even more of a reason these days to have a guy that can go out there and get you the cheap yardage if things should break down in the pocket. Yeah, but playing devil's advocate, that's what we saw Dak Prescott was doing, and he got hurt because the— And that's how he got hurt. Exactly, exactly. So, um, And, you know, that's part of the game. Uh, Injuries are absolutely part of the game. But, you know, staying in the pocket is not, you know, necessarily a safe place anymore either. So it can happen whether you're staying in the pocket or getting out, but at least, you know, one way, you know, you're going to be able to help your team. And if you're just standing in the pocket and you don't have great pocket presence or awareness, um, you're, you're going to sit there and take sacks all day. And that also could lead to injury. 
So at least one way, if you have a guy like a Dak Prescott on your roster, that guy can help your help your team, you know, by getting the yardage on the ground that's available to them. There's some immobile quarterbacks who deal well with pressure, obviously, like the classic guys. Like, so yeah. do you think that model can work at all? Is there anybody who can, you know, are there more Drew Breeses, Tom Brady's coming along, or is this sort of a a dying breed? Because if if the problem is the defensive linemen are too good. Those guys are still putting up some numbers, though, so they must have some system. And and so this is where it comes into play. Are we affording those types of players the opportunity to develop, right? Mm. So you you have, you know, these these pocket passers that are still having success like a Tom Brady. Um, You know, you have a Drew Brees that's still seeing, you know, some some success in the NFL. And they're older guys, they're pocket passers. But the reason is because they've seen everything. They've seen every defense. They know what they know what's coming pre-snap or what's going to happen mm. post-snap. So that comes with experience. But what's happening in this microwave society that we're in, we're expecting these pocket passers to come in and know it all, and and they don't. They haven't been afforded the opportunity to develop. So uh, you look. I I, I I don't want to go here, but you look at a situation like Dwayne Haskins. He's going to make mistakes. Yep. He's a pocket passer. He doesn't have the luxury of, number one, you know, you have the breakdowns along the offensive line, just like Andy Dalton did, you know, when he was filling in for Dak before he got injured. Um, you, you just, you, you need to see these guys have an opportunity to see different defenses and get that exposure, get that experience, and then that's when you'll see it all come together for them. Uh, but it takes time. And what we're seeing right now is that these franchises are just not being patient enough. Who are some other examples? Uh, Josh Rosen, of course, down in Miami, and Sam Darnold. Are those guys, do they fit in that category of guys who are going to need more time and might not get it? Yeah, absolutely. But uh, in the case of Rosen, because uh, I was here in Miami when, when you know, Rosen uh, made his way down to Miami, and uh, he was pretty far behind in terms of, you know, just knowing the, the, the overall game. So you're talking about a guy who, didn't necessarily know uh, how to point out the Mike linebacker on a given play. Uh, those are those are very basic things that are taught to you even before, uh, at occasionally uh, before the high school level. Mm. So these are things that that he was dealing with and having difficulty with. Um, but in the case of Darnold, uh, I I'm going to say it's a combination of one coaching. Um, you know he he's he's not being you know coached up. Uh, and you've also got a, a, a situation where the talent around them isn't really that great. Um, I, so I w- would like to see a guy like uh, Darnold go to maybe Indy, you know, Indianapolis, and, and have a fresh start there. Um, you know, and really be able to, to have a, be afforded an opportunity to because he's seen now he's gotten a chance to kind of see what NFL defense are, are doing, defenses are doing, um, and he'll have an opportunity to kind of go through progressions. Uh, you know, when people laughed at him when he had the situation where he said, I'm seeing ghosts. Um, that's just a situation where, you know, you don't know if the pressure is coming or not, and you're nervous back there. Yeah. And when the pressure is not coming and you're not settled and you're, you're throwing passes that, you know, you probably, you know, you're rushing passes when you probably shouldn't and you had time or vice versa. So um, if he goes to a situation like Indianapolis and he goes and he plays there, he'll have an opportunity to, to really go through progressions, um, you know, and, and see defenses in a way where he's he's not feeling rushed, um, and, and he's he'll be able to just sit back in the pocket and, and make the throws that that are necessary to to help a team win ball games. 
You know, uh, my boss, Dan Patrick, wants uh, him to go to Pittsburgh, Sam Darnold. He thinks that would be a great fit next year. I could could see that as well. Uh, I could see a situation where, um, you know, Tomlin could could kind of take him on as a reclamation project. Uh, Also, um, you know, another name, you know, and I already brought him up earlier, Haskins, you know, would be a good developmental player uh, to to sit there in in, – in the Steel City and, and develop behind Ben Roethlisberger. Who knows how long, how much longer he's going to play, but that would be another soft spot for a guy like that to land and, and develop um, and, and get that opportunity to just kind of see what defenses are doing. Pocket passers need time. Um, you know, they don't have the luxury of being able to still be productive with their legs if they don't see, you know, a receiver come open, you know, uh, uh, quick enough. We'll get into a quarterback down there in Miami in a second. But by the way, whenever I see kids playing pickup at the park, pickup football or to touch football, they know to scream. 54 is the mic before the hike. They're just mimicking Tom Brady. Yeah, all, so absolutely. Everyone knows that now. 54 is the mic is like every kid says that. So Josh Rosen. Yeah. Josh Rosen was supposed to be Mr. Smarty Pants. How could he not know how to pick yeah. up the mic linebacker? Not football smart. Right. Right? I, that was the rap on him, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So um, that that's what happened in Miami, and uh, you know, I, but I do wish wish him the best, and I, I hope that he can continues to develop. Uh, he was really humbled, you know, by by the experience even here in Miami, and he seemed to have turned around in terms of his work ethic and the way that he's approaching the game. So I'm hoping that things work out the best for him. Okay, so the big news, obviously, now is it? Yeah, it was last week now because it was during the bye week. The Dolphins benching Ryan Fitzpatrick for Tua Tagovailoa. Uh, what was your what was your reaction when the news broke? Were you shocked, or was it something expected? <laughs> I was definitely shocked um, because it seemed as though um, the the team had really bought into Fitzpatrick and 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 what he was doing, and um, you know he had you know the hot hand at the moment, and you know in football you're always taught you know at any position you ride the hot hand, you go with the guy that's getting the results, and uh, for that to kind of come to a screeching halt that way uh and then the announcement was made that two is going to be the guy it was it was a little strange um at some point you knew it was going to come but n- not now uh it didn't didn't seem like something that just kind of happened naturally so um it, it it was very odd to me that you know after Fitzpatrick you know success and and how he had been playing and the way the team was kind of behind him uh that it would happen now Taking a step back, even before Miami drafted him, were you a Tua guy? Yeah, absolutely. I, I believe Tua, you know, uh, he was absolutely um, worth being a first-round pick. The only reason uh, that I had some level of trepidation with, with you know, him being selected where he was was uh, the injury. Yeah. You know, and uh, he's had, you know, somewhat of an injury history uh, going back to Alabama and, uh, you just wonder how he's going to hold up uh, once he starts taking some shots in the NFL. Um, and so it's, it's a matter of him uh, getting an opportunity to kind of get out there and, and get hit again. And then if, if he can have that confidence built back up where if he takes a shot, he knows, okay, this is just kind of what it is and he can get back up from it, then, you know, I think that that will definitely bode well for his confidence moving forward. But um, but the, the injury history was uh, kind of a little bit of a reason why I was not sure about that pick where the Dolphins did select them. Yeah, and to put him in this early makes me nervous, too. 
You know, uh, I'm also a kind of a, a bit of a system quarterback guy, which annoys everybody. But uh, Tua, do you, is it an indictment of Tua that Mac Jones is putting up like record numbers at Alabama this year? Uh, do, does it make you think, well, you know, because there's always that debate with college teams that have great wide receivers, great o- offensive right. lines. Was it Tua or was it the four first rounders and hopefully still Jalen Waddell, first rounder? How do you, you know, you, you know, you look at these teams, how do you discern where the talent lies when you look at these mega talented teams like Ohio State, sure. Clemson, um, and Alabama specifically. Definitely. Well, you you look at number one, uh, the ball placement. Mm. Um, you know, and with 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 Tua, you, you you saw that with him. You saw the accuracy um, off of the the run pass options and and where he was placing the football. He always was putting the ball in the upfield shoulder, giving the receivers an opportunity to get the yardage after catch. Um, so that's one thing that I, I really looked at with him was just he was tremendously accurate. Um, and also, uh, he, he did um, seem to have, you know, a feel for the pocket. My, one of my – I had a couple knocks with him. Um, one was that when he was, you know, I felt like he was trying to do too much, holding the ball, waiting for mm. things to clear and come open instead of just hitting his check down. You know, that's another thing that can lead to injury. You know, so you, you want to make sure you know who's hot, you know, and, 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 you know, where you need to put the ball when in the face of pressure. Um, also, my, another gripe that I had with his, uh, with him and his game was that, uh, there was some, there were some issues there with, uh, when, when the defenses did not do what they showed. So pre snap, you know, uh, maybe they're, they're showing, you know, a cover two shell. You know, and then the uh, the safety comes down, you know, uh, and there's, you know, robbers, you know, similar to what, you know, you see Fitzpatrick doing, you know, in um, uh, in, in, in Pittsburgh, uh, the safety Fitzpatrick. Um, the thing, when things happen post-snap, he does not always adjust well. So uh, when the picture changes, that's kind of been my gripe with Tua. And just I, I never saw the development in that area of his game. Uh, during his time at Alabama, but hopefully, you know, with some of the the teaching that he's gotten in Miami, um, here with Flores and and the, and the staff there, uh, hopefully things have gotten better for him. Uh, that's not something that's a problem against the New England Patriots, is it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. if uh, he had trouble in college, you know, part of it, and maybe I'm imagining this, there was just so much hype around to it. Like you expect him to go out there and have seven highlight plays. I wonder if right. not that he bought into it. But when he would spin the, against his body, and that was thrilling. And it's like, you know, as a fan, I'm like, yeah, to it, don't go down. And, uh, I, you know, it's like Carson Wentz does the same thing. He stays yeah. around and tries to make the play, and it causes it. Sometimes it's great, and sometimes yeah. it's not. But what do you expect? Yeah. You think Tua, it seemed like Tua will be pretty, you know, what's the game plan with Miami? Are they going to keep it simple? And do you think Tua will play that style, or do you think it will be more reserved uh, Sunday? Um yeah, I, I think that, you know, they'll, they'll definitely kind of ease them into it, get them a couple easy completions, uh, things of that nature. But what I'm, another thing that kind of gives me pause about starting him even this year is that I don't feel they, that Miami has put together the type of weapons that work well with that's some of the things that he does well, you know. So the things that, that he does best is, you know, being able to, you know, to, to be super accurate on, on the slant off of RPOs. Um, I don't see the type of receivers on the roster uh, other than Lynn uh, 
Bowden mm-hmm. that can uncover quickly. So you've got guys that, you know, do kind of they, they thrive on the 50-50 balls, um, you know, the kind of the vertical shots downfield and kind of everything's contested because they aren't the, the sharpest route runners. Um, he, he's, you would like to see him get more weapons on the outside that have a little bit more quickness on their releases. And I'm not seeing that with the current roster. So um, it's going to be interesting to see what the Dolphins do elect to, to do with him uh, early in the game. But I do uh, expect them to get a, a couple you know, short, easy passes. And, and the Rams don't necessarily switch up their coverages very often, it's not, not anything too complex. What you see is what they get, what you get, and how they line up is exactly what you're going to get. So, um, you know, I think this is kind of the perfect game, mm. other than, uh, other than you know uh, the the defensive tackle uh, Donald uh, yeah. being being in the game. Other than that, um, from a coverage standpoint, this is kind of a, a, a very good game for him to kind of get his feet wet and uh, see what he can do in the NFL. Hey, is Lynn Bowden any good? Or I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it. I was excited about him. Yes. Um, so, you know, he got traded. You know, he had a very weird start to his NFL career, yeah. right? You know, you're a third-round trick uh, pick, and then you get traded. Um, you know, that, so that's that already kind of, oh, well, what's going on with that? Well, the Raiders are working him as a running back. Um, his preference, yes, he'll, he'll say all the right things he'll say, no, oh, I will. I'll just line up and play, you know, the best that I can at any position that, you know, I, I, I'm, you know, asked to, to play. But he, he'd rather play receiver than okay. running back. And, the, yeah, the Las Vegas Raiders, they were using him as, as a running back. Um, as they, a receiver, he's still learning the nuances of the game, but I think eventually he'll he'll be a good player for the Dolphins. Yeah, no, I didn't understand. The Raiders already had receivers. Then they drafted three more receivers. That was such a weird... Right. They, I think they just fell yeah. in love with the highlight tapes. But, uh, okay, I don't know how much work you've done on the upcoming uh, draft, but we, right. we talk a lot about Trevor Lawrence on the show, and there's this sort of yeah. undercurrent. Well, he, he should go back to Clemson or pull an Eli Manning or do something <laughs> to avoid the Jets. Is there an argument right. that, hey, you know what? You're the number one overall pick. Your team's going to be bad. That maybe the Jets is something that Trevor Lawrence can turn around. Can you help me make that argument? Yeah, I think he, he could. Um, but, again, it just goes back to the coaching aspect. Yep. Um, who's going to be there when it's all said and done? Is Gates still going to be around? No. You know, um, no, and so, he's not going to be around. Exactly, exactly. So um, I, I would, you know, as a, I know that, you know, money is never the end-all, be-all, but at least, you know, you're being compensated for your production in the NFL. So I would definitely, you know, in that situation, if he is indeed going to be, you know, the number one pick and the Jets are picking number one, um, that would definitely uh, be the, the, the best you know, thing to do for a college kid is go ahead and turn pro and get compensated for your services. So, um, absolutely. I, I think that he could, you know, get in there and, and you know, work with uh, Denzel Mims, who I believe is going to be a very good receiver in the NFL oh, as good. long as he stays healthy. Uh, so, uh, if they draft another guy on the, on the opposite side, you know, to go along with them, uh, it, 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 it doesn't take much. You draft playmakers to go along with your, your franchise quarterback, 
um, and, and that chemistry begins to kick in, it doesn't take long before things start to change. So I absolutely believe that he'd be a great pick for the Jets. How about if I give you Eric Bieniemy gets hired there? They outbid probably a few teams to get Eric Bieniemy. They have they have a huge. They should have a lot of cap space. So and it's another good receiver draft, right? So get a couple. You like how would that match be? If you're Trevor Lawrence, I'd be excited. Absolutely, absolutely, and I, I, that's why it's, it's funny to me to to hear people say, you know, oh well, he shouldn't want to go to the. You don't know what that situation is going to look like, you know, in 2021. So, um, you know, I, to 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 base your opinion off of, you know what it, it may be moving forward and no one has knowledge of what it's going to look like in 2021, I would say, you know, go ahead and, and, and turn pro if you feel like you're ready to play in the NFL. All right, uh, Brandon. So it's amazing, you know, a Miami guy that you're at least neutral on the Jets. I would assume you uh, <laughs> thought they were bad. <laughs> Last question. Who's coming out of this AFC East? Ooh, that's a, that, I, that's a good question. Uh <laughs> Yeah, or give me the final order, actually. I mean, I think right now it's Buffalo, Miami, then New England, then the Jets. Any yeah. ch- I'm really asking, is there any chance uh, Cam Newton and the Patriots turn this around and, and find a way to win this division? Because it's it's starting to look a little bleak. It, it is starting to look kind of bad, um, you know, for, for you know New England right now. So I, I would have to go, um, you know, it looks like Buffalo right now. Then I would go uh, Miami. And then I'd go uh, New England, then the Jets. Any chance Miami sneaks into the playoffs and makes noise this year? Or is this sort of a long-term thing? Is that not even a top-of-mind goal for the franchise right now? Yeah, I don't see that happening. I don't see the, I don't see the Dolphins going to the playoffs this year because I think they, they've got too many uh, issues uh, on, on defense, number one. Um, and also... Um, you know, because they have difficulty stopping the run. Uh, Ooh, and then as far as, yeah, as far as the offense is concerned, um, I, I really don't think that they have the run game right now to go along with, you know, what Tua can bring to the table as well. So um, they're definitely going to need to start generating more of a surge on the offensive, offensive line and along that offensive front um, to, to open up more holes. I think that it'd be important to start getting uh Brita involved in the game, but they seem to be, um, you know, really loving what Gaskin brings to the table. So, um, I, I would like to see them get Brita more involved to see what he can do. And, um, you know, but that run game definitely needs to improve in order for to even have a shot yeah. at making the playoffs this year. You know, there are some wins on their schedule. I'm thinking of being that guy who just fully jumps on the Tua bandwagon on Saturday just to get it out there that this guy's about to take over the league just in case. Is that would, is that totally foolish? You want to jump in with me? We can be the Tua guys. Tua's going to lead them to a 10-0 and run. You, you're going to have to go on your own on that one, <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do it. Oh. Not yet. Not yet. But next year, it might be a totally different story. You know, it's funny. The media was kind of mad that Ryan Fitzpatrick got benched. Everybody loves Ryan Fitzpatrick. Do you, are you a Ryan Fitzpatrick fan, too? Oh, yeah. I, I really, you know, first off, just a, a, a very humble individual. Yeah. Um, and, and did a great job just mentoring uh, to uh, and taking on that role as a mentor, uh, not a lot. A lot of veterans are are eager to accept that. Um, and whether he was eager to do it or not, he did it. You yeah. know, it, it made Tua feel comfortable. Showed him the ropes. Showed him everything that he could to to be the quarterback. You know that that he he's ultimately going to be. So uh, you definitely respect that in a in a 
he knows he's on it. He he knows he's on his way out of the door. So any knowledge that he can pass along, um, you know, even if it's to his detriment in the end, um, you know, he knew that that was going to be beneficial for Tua, and you have to commend the guy for for doing something like that. Yeah, no, he seems like a good dude. All right, I'm pulling for Tua anyway. I'm Mr. Tua from now on. Brandon, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I'll tell people if you want to read about Ben DiNucci, you've written about Ben DiNucci this week. I'll put out the link. So, uh, yeah, because it, there's not a lot of info on this guy. You could be the Ben DiNucci guy, and I'll be the Tua guy. How's that? <laughs> Perfect, perfect. That works for me. Awesome, buddy. Really appreciate it. guy's going to be on the bench and the other guy's going to start. <laughs> Hopefully it'll last all season. All right, Brandon, we'll talk again soon. I really appreciate the time. All right. Thank you so much for having me. Okay. Take care. Take care. Big thanks to Brandon Howard. He's really a lot smarter than us at uh, football, which is good. Uh, so in this podcast, we've established we're a Jets 2021 podcast, probably the only one. Mm-hmm. We're a Tua podcast. Um, it's I, been a Tua podcast, though. Yeah, I love Tua. Dating back to last year. Yeah, and you know, Tua what, to the Jets podcast. Yeah, yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> but I, what Brandon was saying about how Tua would spin out, <laughs> spin out tackles, and keep trying to make a big play downfield. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. You call that a deficiency? I call that awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and meanwhile, we were talking earlier about Carson Wentz. Carson is just like throwing it around, eventually throws it off his back foot off it. Like Travis Fulgham will bring it down in the end zone. Everyone's like, what a play. But if it gets picked off, he's the worst. Worst quarterback ever. They should yeah. get rid of him. That's the thing about evaluating quarterbacks. Like 75% of it is jump balls like you know, like who's on the other end? Yeah, like Aaron Rodgers will throw one, and Russell Wilson does this too. Like they'll throw one like eighty yards in the air. So, although Russell Wilson's deep ball, how crazy is that? I mean, it's like sometimes I think he's throwing it away, and then it lands in a, a, a guy's hands seventy yards down the field. I think we're also a DK Metcalf podcast. Okay, I, uh, I can get behind that as well. I love that guy. Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, I don't understand how. I mean, how he felt. I, Somebody that hangs out with a lot of Philly people, yeah. how he fell, how you know they decided to take Rager over him. No, no, no. It was uh, JJ Arcega Whiteside. Or Arcega Whiteside. Yeah, Sorry. they they, started, they took Rager over Justin Jefferson. I know, and one. Chase Claypool, yeah. aka Mapletron, the yeah. greatest nickname in. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Chase Claypool went in one of my fantasy leagues for like all the money, and then he, like Deontay Johnson comes back and just gets every uh, target. So that's kind of confusing. Yeah. But uh, wait. Er- Real quick, and we'll end up in a second. Chase Claypool, would you go with Mapletron, Air Canada? There's another good one I heard. Uh, do you guys, which one would you go? Mapletron. Mapletron's awesome. M- yeah. Mapletron and Air Canada's Vince. Yeah, yeah, Air, Air Canada. Canada no. So the story is he wanted to go Air Canada, and Juju uh, Smith-Schuster said, no, you can't do that because this kid's 18. He probably never even saw Vince Carter play. I mean, yeah, I know Vince Carter's still around. Yeah. Yeah, by the way, you guys are both way younger than me. Uh you have no idea, like the references of what young athletes do not understand. They've never seen. There's gonna be a point where soon, where they're not gonna know who LeBron James is. No, they, dude, there are kids who like have never seen. No, Michael Jordan is like the shoe brand. They have no idea what he's I mean, like on the court. I didn't get to really see much of Jordan. Yeah, growing up, like my the best player to me is probably LeBron. Yeah, like I'm I t- young. It'll be before you know it. LeBron will be like classic Rocky. I am not kidding you. Marvin, you know a little bit what I'm talking about. Yeah, no, 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 absolutely. Like, look, I have a six-year-old, and he loves Space Jam. And so I was watching The Last Dance. He thought Michael Jordan was still 30. Yeah. Like, he was like, well, why does Michael Jordan look look older? <laughs> I said, you know what, never mind. I was like, you, I said, you can just go downstairs if you want. So I completely understand where 
they did a thing where uh, I know we're going to NFL, but they did a thing where um, they they played music for NBA rookies, and they were playing like Biggie and Tupac yeah. and guys like that. And I can completely understand how you don't know that because yeah. Zion was born in ninety eight, ninety nine. Yeah, like those guys were dead by the time he was born. <laughs> yeah. So I can. Like, That's I'm 30, crazy. Right, like I'm 36, so it's in my wheelhouse. So I can completely understand the references that some of these kids do not get. Like even Danji, our intern, I'll say something yeah. like a pop culture reference from the 90s and something like Say by the Bell. He's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> As the only true young person in this yeah. podcasting room. But you have an old soul, Mario. I do have an old You come soul. off as older than both me and Marvel, which is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're way younger. But by the way, uh, the Space Jam for, for your son, are you preparing him to be a Knicks fan? Because when like the guys lose their talent, that's basically watching the Knicks. That's unnecessary. You think unnecessary, I, but accurate. You think I want to do that to my son? I'm trying to be a good father. <laughs> Who's it? Give me real quick. He's you said he's six. Who is like four teams? Like what are three teams? See, he doesn't have teams. He has players. That is so That's the way things are going. He, yeah, he has players. So he he loves LeBron. Yeah, of course. See, the thing is, Michael Jordan to him is still his favorite player because he was like he beat the Monstars. <laughs> so he still likes he picks Jordan over LeBron. Right. That's you know a what? valid point. And so he likes the Yankees. Like my father in law and my brother in law, like they're big Yankees fans. So he likes. That's a good team to have. Yeah. yeah. So he likes what they like, and you know we're pretty close. That's probably the closest team to where we live here in Connecticut. So really, that's that's it. And he likes uh, he likes Kyrie. Oh my god. He, he's a. I mean, my son's also a nut job. So <laughs> like Kyrie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's edit that part out. Nah, let's not. All right. I won't. Uh, I'll probably get mad and tweet something and erase it. But we can talk. Don't about it erase week. it. Leave it this time. Leave it. Stand strong. Pound your fist on the table. Demand respect. I appreciate it, guys. Uh, That's Against the Grain. Make sure you subscribe. We'll talk to you next week.